We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Pod Mavericks After Dark. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. You are joining us on Monday, July 3rd. It's about 9.45. Thank you to those who are hanging out with us live. We have to bump the times around sometimes with these live shows because, frankly, real life happens, and it is the off-season during the regular season. It's, frankly, with games. It's a little uh, – we can't be quite so uh, flexible, so we're going to take advantage of it now when we can. Josh, how are you tonight? Uh, I'm doing okay. Um, I just spent a weekend away from thinking about basketball. Um, I think it's kind of funny that you were out of town during uh, the draft, and I was basically uh, MIA during free agency. So that's kind of funny. But uh, well, one could make the argument down the fort. So you know, one could make the argument that the Dallas Mavericks were also absent from free agency. So I don't know if, if, you know, that like I recorded the live show that night after the Kyrie Irving and Seth Curry signings. And if there's one thing I've learned about doing a show like this over the years, particularly live reactions is the night of you have to be very hedge, like just full of hedging because Mm -hmm. you don't know when the next piece of news is going to break. Um, the resigning of Kyrie Irving, and I think we should talk about that quite a bit, was interesting for me because I keep changing my mind about how I feel about it. And I heard something today on the Greatest of All Talk podcast hosted by my friend Andrew Sharp and Ben Golliver, where Ben, who has not liked Kyrie the entire time he's covered him for reasons which are perfectly reasonable Kyrie's a difficult person on a national stage sorry I know Maz fans don't like to hear that because he's been good here but you know given the man's track record the likelihood that he's not happy it's on the horizon I'm sorry it's just happened too many places and he said you know I don't have a problem with the signing in so much as I do the trade 
So if you're in, you know, you, you go ahead and trade for him, you know, you got to try to sign him. And one of the things that I just kind of find myself frustrated with when speaking with other Mavs fans is how, well, you had like, it's a good deal. Guys, I'm sorry. It's not a good deal. If no one else was offering Kyrie Irving, then it wasn't a good, like you're bargaining against his level of respect that he demands and the, the basically whether he'll show up and play happy. And I'm sorry, that in and of itself is the problem with Kyrie. If you're that worried about how he's going to feel and behave, then you're too far down the rabbit hole. I don't have a problem with the basketball play. I like the basketball play. Just 40 million bucks for a player who could and might and likely will, based on history, decide he wants to be somewhere else over the course of the next two plus years is high. I'm just, it makes me uncomfortable. And so I, that's sort of where I am right now. I, I look forward to seeing what the, the rest of free agency or if anything holds, but you know, that was what the rest of their off season sort of hinged on it. And because it wasn't done at the deadline, it took almost a full, you know, it took probably most of the day for the Mavericks to come to that sort of agreement. I really feel that they've been left out hanging for other opportunities. Now, I think I'm going to get a lot of heat for that take, but what else have the Mavericks done? They don't have a forward on the roster other than rookie or um, um, Omax. Yeah. Um, this is one of those things where it's, is it because they had to get the Kyrie thing done? Is it that, or is it just these guys weren't on their list? Cause they have, you know, were they even interested in these guys? We don't even know. Um, I think the thing that we can assume right now is that they have, we know the plan, like, even though, you know, it's been kind of reported through sourcing, but like, we're not, you read the, like, you just look at the roster, you look at what's available, you look at what they have left available. Like, it's obvious that they went into free agency thinking, okay, we're going to use the MLE on a restricted guy like Grant Williams. Uh, and we're going to try to trade, uh, Tim for something, uh, that helps our big or forward depth. And then we're going to resign. We're going to sign Seth to replace and mitigate some of the loss of shooting from Tim. Like that's very obvious. Like and that that's still seems to be where they're heading. That can, yeah, though, that can, yeah, yeah, and that plan's still on the table because Grant mm -hmm. Williams is not. You know, there's no news on that. He can't sign an offer sheet till Thursday. Um, so that's the plan. Whether we like it or not, that's you know another debate. But that, that's what it is. And so I wonder. It's like, for instance, I liked a guy like Torian Prince who went off the board pretty early to the Lakers. But it's like, did they even like? You know, they might not have liked him. So it's not a matter of oh man, they couldn't do this deal because of Kyrie. Is it more? Well, he just wasn't on their list because they had this plan and they're still kind of do it. Well, I, I think the plan is worth addressing to a degree too, because from what we've obviously seen through reporting, Mark Stein, Tim Cato, et cetera, the Mavericks have pursued multiple deals for a starting center. Mm -hmm. um, right now they have five center adjacent players on the roster. They resigned Dwight Powell to a uh, three-year $12 million deal. Yep. Um, which just drove people batty in ways that I, I can't contextualize. It's just people are just, they just don't want, a lot of people just are so tired of him. Maxi Kleba, who is starting the first year of a three-year extension at 33 million, which is probably what a guy like him would get on the open market. Um, even if uh, he, you know, even with the hamstring tear. JaVale McGee on year two of the worst uh, contract offered last uh, free agency. Remember, he has a player option for next year, Mavs fans. Um, Rashawn Holmes, who has two years at about $10 million a pop. 
and uh, rookie Derek Lively. Uh, together, all five of those players would be one fucking awesome player. But on their <laughs> own, each one has kind of significant challenges to where at the moment, I very much want the Mavericks to just throw Lively in the deep end of the ocean. If he fouls a lot, I don't care. Play him. Play him through his mistakes. Play him with the best players he can play with and hope that he learns. Um, but the, it seems that they've really tried to pursue a starting level center, which makes me crazy if you have five centers on the roster. Center and big man in, in the NBA is the least important of the three position groups. It's ball handling forward. It's uh, you know, then guard and then big man. Like I, it's that's the way the NBA is played these days. Yeah, you're gonna look at me and say, okay, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, okay, fantastic players. But then there's a little bit of a drop off in the center position. There just is. Um, I think you can get away with that. So I, I'm curious as to whether the Mavericks attempts at. Um, I'm gonna turn on the light here. Didn't even realize I didn't have it on. Um, I'm curious as to whether the Mavericks attempts at doing something has made you feel better about their off season versus the stuff we've kind of felt like, you know, honestly more stuff has gotten out this off season about what their plans are relative to the Donnie Nelson years where we were just kind of in the dark. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't mind the plan necessarily. It is kind of funny how every free agency, it seems like they just have to do something that takes time. Like whether it's waiting on a guy, like remember they were waiting on Danny green uh, because he was waiting for Kawhi Leonard. Um, they take superstar meetings and would wait, hold up their entire free agency period to wait on on superstars making their decisions because those guys never made decisions uh, day one because they always would take meetings and stuff like that. And now it's like they're not even chasing a star and they're still waiting because their targets are restricted free agents and there's just nothing they can do about it until uh, July 6th. So the one thing I would say is that um, if the plan works, uh, I'm okay with it. Uh, I think, you know, Grant Williams, I think, would be a meaningful addition to the team in terms of finally addressing things that they need. Um, if they can trade Tim Hardaway Jr. for another starter uh, that's either a forward or a big, then okay. You know, I know they've got five of them already, but, you know, if they can get even better, that's fine with me. Yeah. So if they pull that plan off, you know, I'm like, okay, that's great. You know, the, the problem is, is, you know, Restricted free agency and trade, like they are not in control of the plan right now. You know, mm -hmm. Boston can match Grant Williams, even though that might be pretty crazy for them to do considering their cap situation. But still, restricted free agency is not a, uh, a gimme. And then obviously trades are fluid. And we've already seen reporting about how they couldn't get the Aiton deal done. I have some questions about how close that deal was because I just, there's a part of my brain that just does not believe Phoenix really wanted to trade Aiton for PHJ and, and Holmes. Like, that just doesn't make sense. I don't care how... Particularly mad. with how they've rounded out the roster in yes, Phoenix with, yes. like, capable shooters and players. Like and now I, that they have Eric Gordon, it's like, no no way. Like, why would they even do it now? Something feels askew there. Yeah. Um, and especially since the two people that hated, hated Aiden the most are not there anymore. So, like, mm -hmm. it just... That doesn't even make sense to me. Um, but, yeah, like I said, the, the you know, if, if Grant Williams, if Boston matches, or if he signs with Charlotte, you know, he might sign an offer sheet with Charlotte. Charlotte is interested in him as well. Um, if if Portland matches a, a, an offer sheet on Matisse Thibel, which you've said on Twitter a couple times that you feel like that's what's going to happen. Um, I mean, no, I mean, yeah. I ask multiple, like, yeah. look, I'm not a reporter, but I am. You know, part, everyone. <laughs> I don't, it sounds like just such an, I, 
before I got really into like Mavs Twitter, I spent 10 years talking to everyone that wasn't Mavs. Like I know a lot of every year. (laughs) I know a lot of people outside the Dallas media market and talk to those people regularly. So it's like when I talk to, to two regular, like, you know, one reporter and one radio guy, you know, because I play video games with them, for example. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, they would match any offer on that guy, particularly if Ky- if um, Dame Lillard gets traded, then they they have the, you know, they, they, want, they, they need players, they need bodies. They're clearing, you know, 45 million in, in players. You reach the cap floor. Yeah. yeah. And so um, it's like, like the thigh bowl thing is, is that's a non-starter. It is filler to make everybody feel better. And I just, I'd be shocked if he's on the team. Now, if he is on the team, that's something else. Yeah. Thibel is not worth it, the mid-level. I would like, what, what are we doing here? Yeah, that's people? another like, conversation like, entirely. Maybe we'll um, save that. It's like, well, he's a two-time all-defensive player. Yeah, he's a two-time all-defensive player who was getting, he was gambling and funneling people into the MVP, Joel Embiid, who is an unbelievable defensive center. You know who he'd be funneling people into in Dallas? Dwight Powell. Like it's, it's just a different, it's a different deal. He's a gambler. He's a tremendously awful shooter. I don't care that he shot 39% in 22 games with Portland when the game, the season's over. Like Thibel is not it for me. Thibel is in, if he were good, then he wouldn't be a restricted free agent. Yeah, that's tough. And especially his qualifying option is like. It's like $6 six million. Dollars. Yeah. So yeah. your, your offer has to be more than that. And if it's more than that, then you're, that's over half the MLE. And it's like, I don't know if I want to spend that much. Right. And on Grant such a Williams, one-dimensional player. Grant Williams, at least, you know, that's a different kind of guy. Two sides right. of the ball, yeah. They're also mulling in Boston having to give Jalen Williams the like the the $300 million contract. So it, it if they didn't offer or chose to match Williams, it doesn't have anything to do with him. Well, I mean, it has a little bit to do with him, but it's more a statement on their financial situation than it is on yeah. Williams' ability to play basketball. You know, I, I I can't shake everything that I've heard from like national Boston guys that everyone in, in the Boston locker room found Grant Williams annoying, which like is just patently hilarious to me. Like stuff like that never gets out like is about you, players. Is your Spencer Dinwiddie uh, spider sense tingling with Grant Williams? Big, big. But the flip yeah. side of that coin, and this is a reasonable counter, he catered openly to Luca all year. He went on podcasts. He wore Luca's shoes. He was like, hey, Luca, I'm here. So it's like if something like that happens, I'd feel yeah. better. That would that would make my feeling about the offseason a lot better. <laughs> that makes me feel better about him because that means he's smart because he knows what type of player he is and he knows what type of player Luca gets paid, which is exactly him. The the role-playing defensive forward that can hit spot-up threes. Yeah. You know, he's probably looking at uh, how much Luca got Dorian paid and 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 all that. So um yeah i think the thing that i was talking about uh like the plan is fine if they execute it what what worries me is like again restricted free agency they have no control over that trades they have slightly more control but if they reach an impasse like they've reportedly do with ayton you know what they're at the point now where there's not there's not really a fall there's not fallback if they can't execute the plan because tory craig's off the board torian prince is off the board some of the other maybe forwards you want to try to get for cheaper are off the board so for them to be so confident that they signed Seth Curry day one, because that does not, you do not sign Seth Curry day one with this roster, unless you are very confident you have a deal in place for Tim or Jaden Hardy. Cause you talked about the center log jam, Kirk. I mean, they where are they going to get where, where they they, all guards and all centers? Where are they, yeah. Where are they going to get the guard minutes? Like you've got Luke and Kyrie who are going to play 30 minutes a game. 
You got THJ, who can, I guess, play some three, but you don't want him to. Uh, you got Jaden Hardy. You have Josh Green, who can play some three, but you, you want to keep him around the two or the three. You don't really want him playing four. Reggie Bullock, you don't want playing the four. Um, they just signed Dante Exum as well. Like those, their two signings, uh, their free agency moves so far have been two two guards and then bringing back Dwight Powell. And that's, I don't think you do that unless they're expecting to rearrange some 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 deck right. chairs. You know, right. like it, it just doesn't make any sense. Like I know that we brag on the Mavericks front office for being dumb and not forward thinking, but like this would be like. Like me, if they don't if they don't have a deal in place by the end of this week for a guy that can play the four and you know with the MLE and then a trade in place whether they're trading Tim or they're trading Green or they're trading Hardy then there's there's some problems there's well, some big well, problems. Let me but so let me ask you this question. I, I okay. engaged with with Kevin Gray a little bit online about this. Do you give the Mavericks in the front office credit for attempting some sort of I don't know, multi-dimensional chess and and doing some things that that for attempting some things that we've been extremely critical of them not doing in previous years, where it felt like they had preconceived notions on what they were going to do. The the 2019 offseason will just never, they'll never live that series of mistakes down because it was so bad. So the people deserve, in charge of it besides Cuban aren't here. Aren't, aren't, right. So do they deserve some credit. If they fail, do they deserve some credit for trying? Is, is kind of where I'm going. Um, I think with the draft, that gives them some some leeway because I think even though I know you're not a big Derek Lively guy, I think you understand the process. I just like wanted they, to play. They did, good, they did good business. It killed me when the next day after the draft when Coop was like, well, we might, like, what if it's a red shirt year for him? And I'm like, you don't you take don't, someone top 12. <laughs> yeah. fuck, fucking A, you don't take him then. You take Cam Whitmore. Yeah, uh, that's a different that's a different discussion. Yeah. But but yeah, I think the draft they did what we wanted them to do. They took yes. the draft seriously. I mean, mm-hmm. good lord, I'm gonna talk about it all the time. They took two, they had two first round picks for the first time since 2004. Yep. I've been screaming for them to trade for first round picks, and they finally did it. So really wish they uh, would have trade. I wish they would have been able to find a way to trade for a 2023. I'm sorry, 2024 pick, just because that opens up more trade possibilities. Trades. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure they tried to do that too. Sure. Um, but yeah, so the, the, the draft gives them some leeway because they did exactly what I wanted them to do. Um, yeah, the plan the plan makes sense. I'm I'm just a little concerned about their ability to pivot off the plan. Um, but so I guess I'll give them some credit in terms of like you know the guys they're targeting aren't necessarily bad fits. Although Thibel, I don't I I'm just not a big Thibel guy. I almost wonder if the Thibel stuff is something that's coming from like his agent um, and maybe trying to gas up his his, his his deal, whatever deal he's going to get. Cause uh, I just don't see how, you know, this, this team has enough one dimensional players. That's what Thibault is. Even if you love his defense as much as possible. So like Williams makes a lot more sense. Cause he can just do things on both sides of the ball. Thibault just cannot. So uh, we'll see. And then, and then of course I wrote my piece today. Like I'm, I'm big on the, I'm on the PJ Washington train. That's like the one move that like could really surprise me. Um, I think it's very low, 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 low chance of happening, but that's another guy that's out there that like no one is talking about. Like he has no buzz around him. So usually the rational thought is if there's no buzz, then that means he maybe has a deal already in place with Charlotte and, and, the, and the league already understands that. But so yeah, that's kind of what I want. That's kind of what I'm thinking. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I asked you the hypothetical question because I want to answer my own hypothetical question. Okay, go ahead. If they are, if they come away with an off season where Omax is their main forward, yeah, which is a not there's a non-zero chance of that happening, folks. Let's be crystal clear here. They're going to have to sign somebody off the 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 heap if they if they aren't able to sign Williams or Thibault. Yeah. Um, the, I, I give them no credit for trying. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's fair. No, that's fair. Luka Doncic is a top five player. He is the hard part. I want to have a conversation about Luka here in a few minutes because what ends up happening every offseason is we have a little too much time to think and people start to kind of like overbake their takes and being like, you know what? Luka's the problem. That That's <laughs> something I want to circle back to. Everybody does that. Take a lap. Go touch some grass. Meet some friends and family. Do something different. I will not... I expect... The, the front office to be able to turn water into wine. I'm sorry. Luca is the hard part, not this other stuff in relation. You have the superstar. You figure out a way to make it work. I understand the real problem is, and this is not necessarily this front office. This is five years of challenges and miscues. And I don't want to absolutely call everything a mistake. So I don't think that's fair to, to, to Donnie Cuban or Nico or everybody else. But the Mavericks don't have a second round pick for a reason. Their next second round pick that they can trade is in 2030. We will have had two multiple presidents the next time we have a second round pick that we can trade. It is some dicey, dicey stuff right now. So I find myself frustrated because building around Luca can be challenging, guys it's a lot harder to build a team when you don't have a top five nba player the end yeah and and i understand the point of view and especially when you look at a team like phoenix which presumably has significantly less resources than the mavericks do and obviously they're getting some help because guys are taking less than they should to, to do the star chasing but sure but still you know look at the guys they signed with basically nothing you know eric gordon uh Oh my God! You, uh, 
Who's the uh, Yuba Wantame? Right? Yeah, yeah. Who's yeah, cool? That dude's that dude's um, flames. All KB, of them. Yeah, a KBD, another guy. I can't pronounce his name. I apologize. Uh, but just like they took, you know, they took some shots. K debates the up. There you go. There we go. I don't know if those guys will be good. I can say good. his name, but I can't say the Japanese player's name. That's I can't say I can't say names. Like sometimes I can't even say Lucas' name. No, or the Bill Simmons itis. Um, yeah. Um. So yeah, like I just, you know, there were guys. You know, I'm not losing. My thing is, I'm not losing sleep over any of the guys that they didn't get. My thing is just they have put their eggs in this this restricted free agent basket, and there's just not there's no pivoting. That, like that's what worries me, and that's where I start to lose my mind when I get emails, texts. Uh, uh, tweets and messages where it's like, well, what did you expect them to do? Folks, that's what they get paid for. Sorry, you trade for Kyrie. Did you not see this coming? This is not 2K. This stuff is, well, I mean, frankly, in some ways, it very much is like 2K because all these rosters, who's going to be available as a free agent? Who's restricted? It's all available. That's why there's an entire subset of people like our guy, Xavier, who love to play fake GM. So trading for Kyrie, if that's the path you take, if you didn't know it was going to cause this team defensive problems, then you're a moron. If you knew it was going to cause the team defensive problems, then you needed to have a series of solutions readily available. And through free agency on uh, um, July 3rd at 10 p.m., they have not addressed size they have not addressed wing they they've not addressed the things which got them crushed and i i just that is where i'm currently struggling they still have time grant williams would help but he wouldn't he is not a a what's the the meme where the the flex tape he is not the flex tape meme where everything's better no um but he's about as maybe the best you can expect with the with the mle um and again you know like if they like i mean if they're trying to trade tim and no one wants tim like that's sure you know what are we what are we what are we gonna do? Um so well in, in, in the chat German says we've been shit before Kyrie. Absolutely, absolutely. This podcast, this Mavs Moneyball has been of the position for like four years that this team needed massive roster turnover, and instead you go through the transactions they've made and they sent out a lot of second round picks for guys that didn't work. And and I I always try to hedge and be like it, it just didn't work in so much instead of saying this was a mistake. But at some point, you have to have something work. That's my point. No, I know. And it's, you know, on Thursday, this could all go away, which is funny. But also, you know, again, it's just, it's the risk. Like, I would feel a lot better about this plan of like, okay, we're going to do Grant Williams and we're going to try to trade THJ to fill the other, you know, starting hole that we have on the roster. I would feel better if it was like, okay, but in the meantime, we're going to get a Tory Craig or we're going to get a Torian Prince who will be nice backup depth. Even if we execute the plan, they would still be useful parts off the bench. And hey, if it doesn't work out, if Boston matches on Grant Williams, if Charlotte beats us to the offer sheet, well, then then we've still got something. Like we've addressed something. So that's the part that makes me queasy um, because like, again, I just – you do not sign Seth Curry day one of free agency unless you have – like, they have to have that. That trade has to be done. Like, I'm serious. Like, they have yeah. to have that trade done or there's – I don't know what they're going to do because you can't play – like, is Jaden Hardy going to be – like, if if, ever, if all these I guards come back – Give me all-guard lineup. Give me Jaden Hardy at center. Kyrie, point guard, Luca, power forward. Like, you think you think Jaden Hardy's going to be jazzed that, like, he had that really great end of the season and then they basically, like, signed another guy to play ahead of him? Like, like – 
Look, I they, look. They forward. have to have a trade in place. If they if to. they don't have a trade in place, like if this just all goes weird, then I'm going to beg and cajole and demand the weirdest lineups possible. Do not throw out your traditional basketball lineup. I'm not kidding. Play full five on out basketball with Luca at five. <laughs> I do it. Why not? Get yeah. funky. If you're gonna like, if if disaster happens, you don't try to fit square pegs and round holes. You go with what you got and like. One of the things that that became clear, it's like, all right, I said earlier, the Mavs defense went to hell because they traded away multiple bodies for one. And then they didn't, and, you know, obviously Josh Green was not up to the case, but it's like, now that you have a full off season. You have some things like push the pace, go score a thousand points. Don't let Luca <laughs> walk the ball up the floor 50 times a game, go score, go take advantage of the roster that you have. I mean, I'm looking ahead right now, but like, I know the, the, the offensive talent, the offensive talent of the team right now is preposterous. Yeah, they added the they were one of the best three point shooting teams ever last season, and they added the statistically the most accurate three point shooter in NBA history, which is kind of I mean, funny. and he was good with Luca the first time. Oh yeah, they were great. They the were the great first time he was with the Mavericks, he didn't really get to play much because he had that um He played the first he had two seasons. He played the first season and the second season he didn't play at all. Uh, yeah. he was okay that first season, but yeah, the the next time with Luca, I mean, I mean, it's like the one thing that Kyrie the record for offense. The the one thing that Kyrie brought that the team needed was pace. Yep, and more pace, more pace is what they I'll should. Say. They should do that, even if they do execute the plan. You know, yeah, um, they gotta let like they just someone has to be like, all right, big guy, you just gotta give up the reins for 40 of the game. If you want to go stand in the corner, that's fine. But we're gonna let we're gonna let other things happen. Yeah. And how do you let rookies ease into the game better? Let them run like like lively and and prosper. Let those guys get out in the open floor and transition. Sure. Not have them worry about remembering half court sets or, or whatever. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll find out. There's like Thursday is the day. You know, they'll we'll I think we'll know by this weekend whether they've executed the plan or uh, they have not. Yeah. So. Yeah. Does that now allow me to pivot into my yeah a little? And I think I've I've kind of hit on some of my points already, but it's like yeah. one of the things started to bubble up Monday night. So it's like yesterday afternoon where it's like you know, Luke is really the problem, and I'm just I I, <laughs> I want to say full like like full stop. I think Luca criticisms are required. Okay, when you have a top five player demanding everything you can from that top five player. I think is important. I think for this season in particular, Luke was going to have to come in and prove every single possible doubt about him wrong. And also in doing that, it will become crystal clear to everyone else who is a casual observer to the Mavericks that Luca has done every, if Luca does everything he can and it's still not enough, then everything after that falls back to the front office and the ownership for not surrounding Luca with the right kind of players. Okay. What I'm, what I mean by that is the defense, a, the yelling at refs, B, the moving on offense. That is a critical thing. He does need to move on offense. I'm not sitting here defending all his actions. I will simply say that like when he went on, like some of the runs that he went on, it wasn't because he wanted to, it was because he needed to. A lot of the hullabaloo that I hear about Luca Kyrie not being able to play is so much bullshit. 
And it's so obvious from teams not looking at what the Mavericks did on offense. They ruled. It's a defensive problem. It's a defensive problem. So let's not, as a fan base, turn on the guy who is the engine and say, I, and, and I believe, I've just seen enough tape. I'm gonna, we're going to see it at the World Cup. Luka's body will hopefully be different. Hopefully he'll come in with a different attitude because I think last season really wore him out. And hopefully the Mavericks will be able to push forward. But it's just, I'm not, in, in the middle of June, because it was still June when I started to see some of this stuff, I'm not interested in Luka is the problem. Because you move on from Luka, what do you have? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Sorry. Like, yeah. everybody that gets really excited about Jaden Hardy and Josh Green, good luck. Yeah, no. Um, no, I understand. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's funny that you're having this conversation because people were killing us in the season whenever we would be like, hey, can he stop complaining to the refs? And everyone was like, oh, you guys are going to drive Luca out of here with these comments. And it's like, it's just funny because it's like you said, your, your overall stance, even when talking about this, has always been like, he's not, you know, there's there's a difference between some constructive criticism and 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 some hating. And we were, you know, he just had to, you know, no one can argue he needs to work on his maturity, he needs to work on his body, and he needs to work on on being a better off-ball player. Because we've seen him be a better off-ball player for Slovenia, um, so he needs to translate that into the NBA. Um, how the, And our argument has always been, well, he's never had a player or a team set up for him to do that because he's had to do everything. They got close the Western Conference final year. They had two other quality ball handlers with Brunson and Dinwiddie, and that only lasted for you know that that half a season. Um, so with Kyrie in tow, coming in training camp, I would definitely love to see him doing some more because there was even though the offense worked, there was a lot of Kyrie in the corner, which was kind of like wow, like I just can't believe there was a just, lot of that with LeBron though. Yeah, like, I, know, I, just, I know, I know, I know. They have to get more creative offensively. It can't be yeah. my turn, your turn. Yeah, it it, yeah, it just and just and really it doesn't need to be the whole game, it just needs to be like for the possessions that really like like maybe crunch time, you know, stuff like obviously these guys aren't gonna be perfect, you know. No one there plays basketball, like, it's we, not gonna be perfect all game, but can at least can you at least see the creativity like in crunch time or you know the final possession of a game or something yeah. like that, you know? Well, and and we can't have like national podcasts where like Zach Lowe is like it's been X number of games and they've ran, they run like single digit pick and roll per game yeah. with those two. Like you can't, you can't. Okay. I want to read something. And, and this is kind of an opportune time just related to what I talked about with Luca. We'll do this again. This is from Jokic. He said this after the finals, everybody's heard it, but I still want to read it. Cause I think it matters. If you want to be successful, you need a couple of years. You need to be bad. Then you need to be good. Then when you're good, you need to fail. Then when you fail, you're going to figure it out. Experience isn't about what happened to you. It's about what you're going to do about what happened to you. And that's where I, I think a lot about this probably being the most frustrating of Luca's professional experience. And yeah. what he chooses to do with that is is pretty important. Um, yeah, and I think I want that's why I like I want to before we get into the criticism of him during the season, I want to see if there's anything there to that. Yeah, and that's a that's a great point you made. Like this, I mean. He has never experienced failure like this in basketball. I mean, he basically, I mean, what he's been a professional since 13. And I mean, like just constantly rose up uh, at Real Madrid and then he takes the reins and he wins EuroLeague MVP, he wins all the Euro titles and every, every accomplishment that you can win. And then he comes to the NBA. He's rookie of the year. Um, the team 
the first three years he's in the NBA, the team gets better year, you know, year after year after year, they, their winning percentage goes up. Um, they, I know they lost in the first round those two years, but you know, they, they were, they, they went from a game six loss to a game seven loss. Uh, and then they go to the Western conference finals. Um, so, you know, he's always been ascending like, and then with the Slovenian national team, like they've always, they've always been like breaking barriers for what that country's history is. So yeah, like I don't, I can't even think of another moment for him professionally that compares to what last season was. And we heard it from him. I mean, like after that Hornets loss, uh, I don't know which one it was, but after one of those bad <laughs> Hornets losses, uh, remember how like he was just like, man, this is like, I'm not good. Like this, like I've got, you know, obviously had some personal stuff going on that we don't really need to talk about necessarily, but like it wasn't just personal stuff. He's yeah. basketball fun for him. And that's the first time I think he's ever thought that in his life. Um, so like you said, what do you, what is he going to take from that? Because yeah, there are a lot of reasons why last season went bad that aren't Luca, but like, you know, when a seasoning is that catastrophic, you have to look at every single part of the team and the organization and do some evaluating and be like, okay, what can, what can be better? And Luca certainly knows, I'm sure that he, he needs to be better. Um, and we'll see how he responds to that. I mean, we certainly saw here in Dirk. Dirk definitely took the low points and used that as motivation to be a better player. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. So one of the things I've been thinking about, just to, to kind of end on a different note, because I think I've been my typical fairly heated critical mm-hmm. self. I do think, you know, when you go through and you list transactions, our, our guy Jordan Brodess did this, where he's like in and out, in and out, who's in and who's out. The team is different. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing we've been asking for. I think that difference is interesting, even if they don't make any more changes. The second thing is with the uh, re- minimum requirements for awards, the Mavericks can no longer afford to do the rest Luca hullabaloo, period. No, no. So what do you do if you get eight more games of Luka? They were 0-8 before Kyrie Irving joined the team when Luka didn't play. And I'm pretty sure those eight games he wasn't hurt. Those were no, all, he was just resting. Those were all pure they rest. Was all rest. So, and he still got is, hurt at the end of the year. <laughs> which is, yeah. mm, I was working towards that. So <laughs> it's key. No, it's key because yeah. it, it's like, so you get him back for those eight games. Let's say you just go a flat 500. That's four more wins. The Mavericks are in the plan at that point. Mm-hmm. In, in the in the really rough and tumble West, let's and and that's with a team that we kind of think kind of categorically from top to bottom. While it's different, it's not that it's not better and it's really not worse. It's just weirder. It's it's they're still yeah. going to be able to win some games. They're probably going to get the shit kicked out of them yeah. some games. That's with I mean, the roster right now. Yeah, right now the starting lineup is basically the same that ended last last season. <laughs> so mm-hmm. and so, I think that that is is. I don't want to call it like a, a positive, but it's just, it should, if, if you're worried that like next year could be an utter disaster in the same way that the Mavericks just lost a ton of games in March and April, I think we need to kind of wind that back because on top of the, you know, Luca will play more games. It's like after he, you know, he tried that, like, it was like a slam ball dunk. Like I've <laughs> never seen him try anything like that where it was against New Orleans he rose up in like the middle of the key with the ball cocked back and then hurt his heel. And he was not the same after that. I think categorically, even after all the rest, he was not. This, and I don't think you would find anybody 
um, I, I don't think you can find anybody that that would disagree with, with that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So obviously injuries are going to happen, still could happen, but there's enough to be kind of, if not bullish, you could see the bright side, like an opt. there's an optimistic path for these Mavericks. Yeah. And I mean, last season I wrote about it. Um, last season literally never happens like that teams with 24 year old first team, all NBA guys do not finish 11th in their conference. Um, so that was like the first time that's ever really happened. So I don't think that will happen two years in a row. I would hedge my bets and say, I would, I don't think that's going to happen again, even if things, unless, you know, there's catastrophic injuries, which we can't really predict, but, uh, if Luca plays 65 games or more next season, I would not bet on them to finish 11th in the West, even if they make no substantial changes here on out because it's yep. just hard, hard to do. So, yep. We'll see. And so I, I, I find myself while frustrated because I want them to get back to the Western conference finals and win an NBA championship. I find myself sort of looking at the off season to date and saying, okay, they didn't do what they, what I wanted. They've not addressed some of the problems. But when you have a top five NBA player and frankly, a second all-star in Kyrie, Kyrie probably mm-hmm. like if, if Kyrie decides he has a lot to prove, teams are in trouble. Yeah. Teams are in trouble. Like I have a lot to say about Kyrie. I have zero criticism of how he plays basketball. He's a terrifying basketball player and fun to watch. It's whether <laughs> is basketball the thing he wants to do this year. And if it is, Mavericks are going to be a force. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when they were on the floor, that wasn't like you said. That wasn't the problem last season. When they were on the floor no. together, they were they were running teams off the floor. It was just everything, everything else. It was everything else. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Any, you know, like I said, I would play lively and prosper, even if like they don't. Thousand minutes. We want. Yeah, just just all rookie teams minutes. I'll take that over Theo minutes. I'll take that over McKinley Wright minutes. I'll take that over, you know, whatever they were doing that, you know, JaVale McGee minutes. You know, I guess it. we didn't talk about, we didn't talk about the signing of um, our guy, Dante Exum at all. I just briefly mentioned it, but. Sorry, I was just um, going through our show notes. So um, what, what do you think? I think that's, um, I think what's funny is there was definitely when he was, there was some pushback to that signing because again, he's like, it's when it's not, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a step. it's a day two signing and we're like, Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's it's yes. So if they would have like, let's say the off season plays out, let's say they, they get Grant Williams uh, this week. Let's say they trade THJ for something. I don't know what it, but let's say they trade him for another starter. Then like the next day, if they signed Dante Exum, everyone would be like, wow, great, like great way to round out the roster. Like great, yeah. you know, dart throw. I think everyone got really mad about it because of just the timing. Um, like I would certainly rather have him on the roster than Frank next Frank. year. Like I mean, and he, he might be the same as Frank, but he's not Frank. He's a different yeah, yeah he can dribble. He can, he can dribble at least. Um, and he can dunk. Uh, I remember that before he he went over uh, international and got before he got hurt. Um so yeah, like and again, it's one of those things where it's like why are you signing another guard? <laughs> you know, so we need to see how the rest of this week and, and maybe next week plays out before I really judge it. But as a pure dart throw, like why not? Like uh, if you watch him in Europe, he still has like all the bounce that he had before he got hurt. Like he's so, uh, 
I want I want more people that can dunk on this team because I want Luca to be able to have more people that he can throw lobs to. So I mean, it that, changes the, the math of the floor. If you can throw yeah. the ball up, it just it opens <laughs> passing angles. Like this yeah. is so give me that. Like that's a good dart throw. Um, but if again, if they don't make any more substantial moves, it's gonna look it's gonna look weird. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. But. I just look. I'm pessimistic. I just think they end up with Grant Williams. Oh yeah, I think so too. There's no like, and if they don't, fine. If they, I really don't. I I think Thibel is out, and I think Williams is in. That is my guess. Yep. So let's. So so we got a couple more things, then we should go. Um, we're recording on Monday. I'm going to Las Vegas for summer league, which starts Friday. The Mavericks play Saturday. If you are not a summer league guy, if you've never paid attention to the Dallas Mavericks summer league, you have missed nothing. I have wasted so much time going to Dallas Mavericks summer league games. This is my 10th year. I looked it up. It's my 10th year going. This will be by far the best, the best team they have fielded by a country mile. That's largely because they never let Josh Green play ever, which is a travesty. I I still can't believe that. Um, Jaden Hardy played last year, but he was probably the best player on that team. AJ Lawson is also on that team. The Dennis Smith Jr. teams were okay, but it was like when Dorian Finney-Smith Jr., like I was pretty convinced that he was going to get like ejected into the sun. Like he looked like one of the worst basketball players alive Dorian Finney-Smith did back then. But that's kind of it. And, and we're talking in just de- in a decade plus. And so this year they're they're going to be throwing Jaden Hardy, which I cannot believe Hardy's playing. Like uh, he's him, him alone is why uh, it, you got Derek Lively, obviously. Uh, Oliver, um, you know, we have uh, Mr. Prosper, the thank goodness, Mike Miles Jr. of TCU. Um, there's McKinley Wright is playing, AJ Lawson is playing, <laughs> Marcus Bingham Jr. is playing like that. And he was a guy that the Mavericks had last year, he was like their, their, whatever the, whatever the like, like titled section 10. I can't remember what it's called. I don't want to exhibit remember. 10, exhibit 10, uh, contracts. So it's my, in, in my opinion, summer league basketball is dominated by the guards because it's a matter of can guards run the offense well we saw during the season mckinley wright run an offense uh this that will uh, allow um jaden hardy to play off ball which is i think where he thrives mike miles can run an offense um who's the little guy i'm looking up uab yeah, it's the guy from UAB. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. This is good. This is just terrible podcasting. That's where's, another. Where's... That's another true hooper. Um, okay, Jordan Walker is that his yes, name? Yes, that's and him. he's a like, he's like five um, eleven, but likes to score. <laughs> just loves to score. And and there 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 was a guy, Josh. Uh, a, a co- there there was a Nigerian basketball player ended up playing the Nigerian basketball team. The Mavericks had several years ago, and one of my friends is like, if you thought that guy was a gunner. This guy is a gunner's gunner. Um, it's really something. It'll be fun. So the they games might, they might win the like they, <laughs> they might win the whole. They might if win. If Jaden Hardy plays most of the time, I expect yeah. him to win. It, it, it's it's just they have one of the most top heavy talent rosters because other teams it's like you play. You know they don't, but they also don't have good enough guys to where they'll play one game and rest. Does that make sense? Right. Like, right. Like Lively will play in all of these games. Probably. He should. If, yeah, he if, should. If, unless there's an injury concern, right. like that sort of stuff, these guys should play a lot, which means they're, they're guaranteed four games. I don't think they do a tournament anymore just because oh, okay. like guys stop trying, but like they, they could be one of the best teams in summer league. They play Sunday 
Uh, I'm sorry. They play Saturday at 2.30. Um, that one is on NBA TV, or I'm sorry, ESPN2. Then they play Monday at 7 p.m. on ESPNU. The Mavs.com might also broadcast. You never know. Golden State on Thursday, no, on Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. on NBA TV and at Indiana on Friday. And it's like, look, guys, like, if you've never paid attention to summer league basketball, it's horrendous. It's because these guys just haven't practiced, but it's so much fun. Like, if you need basketball-like substance and want to see guys playing their asses off, this is for you. Mm-hmm. I go most years. I recommend it. It's silly. It's a great time. I, I just, I, 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 I yes, I'm, I'm really enthused about this year's summer league team. Also, it's easier to be enthused. Like the reason why we've never really been enthused about it is because they don't care about the draft. And if they don't care about the draft, the summer league team's not going to have any good, mm-hmm. you know, fun players on it. I mean, this <laughs> first time they've had two first round picks in, in almost 20 years. Like, hell yeah. Like people, like if you're jacked up about what they did in the draft, you need to watch summer league so you can see these two guys play. I don't know if it's the Utah Summer League or if it's the Northern California Summer League, but there's Summer League going on right now. And Salt like, Lake, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so so of the Memphis Grizzlies, David Roddy hit a game winner. <laughs> and, like, David Roddy whipped our ass when he was on, like, when it was, like, the only good game he had all year, if everybody remembers him. He's, like, a 6'5", like, like linebacker-looking guy. Yeah. But he was running pick and rolls with Kenny Lofton Jr., and it was like 600 pounds of pick and roll, <laughs> just magnificent. Yeah. And it's like, you just, it's for, if you ever love like deep, deep down, um, like, like uh, prospect stuff, that's where you really watch, watch basketball. Cause it's like, you know, there's, there's WNBA going on. The wings are an interesting team right now, but if like, you really want to, to watch like some just grinded out basketball summer league is, is, is it for you? Yes. I'll so. agree on all counts. Oh yeah, Jared and, Dudley's the coach. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> and uh, and if you go, you can see like I don't know, like GMs just like hanging out, like right. Oh, next I, to I got seats. to give. Uh, I got to. Um, I saw Popeye Jones and mm-hmm. my mother. I've shared the story, but I don't care because of the photo. Your kid photo, right? My my kid photo. I was in the sixth grade, and I went to to Jared. Uh, I went to Popeye Jones's basketball camp the week he was traded to Toronto Raptors. So he wasn't at the camp at all, but we all got like an individual photo with him. I still have the photo on my phone because my mom sent it to me when she was like packing up and moving. She just thought it was funny and I just saved it because it was hilarious. And then I ran into him in media row and I showed it to him and he let out a laugh you could hear on TV because it was just like one of those quiet moments. And he was like, what in the world? This is great. Uh, And I was going to say, all these guys are usually all the wheeling and dealing is done. So they are not like, yeah, they're stressed out of their minds. They're kind of like, they're more relaxed. Um, so yeah, like you've, you've had a lot of great stories. It's really fun. Just walking around Vegas, seeing who you're run into. Calvin Booth. That was yes. probably my favorite who is now the Nuggets GM and just and killing it, killing it. <laughs> yes. uh, ah, Calvin <laughs> Booth. Great time. Okay. So, you know, I don't know what our recording schedule is going to be like, to be quite honest, because I don't know what mm. kind of internet I'm going to have. I'm going to try to get something up. It might not be video. It might be audio only, which I hate, but that, that is what it is. I've not once asked all podcasts long. For anybody to like the stream and subscribe to the show, I need to be doing that. We both need to be doing that. But alas, what are you going to do? Thanks for hanging out with us here on this weird Monday night. I hope everybody keeps all their fingers. Uh, don't hurt yourself. Operating fireworks. Wear sunscreen. Um, it's hot out here in Texas. What are you going to be doing tomorrow, Josh? 
Uh, I think I'm going to, or we bought some like really harmless fireworks for a two-year-old, like smoke bombs and like, what do you call it? Like noise make, like Bar more like noise makers. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So right. we're going to, we'll have some fun with that. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do because my family. Yeah, you're alone. I'm alone in my house. You degenerate. It's really weird. Like I feel super guilty. I feel so guilty because it's like number one, you know, my son, my my wife is out of town with our sons visiting family because I have to I have to do work and go out of town on Friday. It just didn't make sense for me to go, and I feel so guilty um, because it's like you only get so many holidays with your kids, and I'm just like fuck. And it did, that didn't really occur to me till today because honestly, like you said, I was just like super excited to be in, like play video games and be around the house. <laughs> But it's like I've been like watching like I watched um like six episodes of Apple Plus's Silo, which was a book. Uh, it's based on a book our old editor LJ told me about right when I joined the site like ten years ago. Oh, okay. Like, and it's just super cool. But I'm just you know kind of kind of hanging out. Me and the boy watched um all. We're only acknowledging three Indiana Jones movies in this That's household. Right. Um, That's and they right. were all they were all so fucking good i hadn't seen them in like 15 years and just yeah just i love i i love basketball i also really love not basketball (laughs) oh you'll like this um i bought my two-year-old a week ago uh like they just you know toddler shirts at target and i bought her a spider-man shirt and she asked like who's that and i said that's spider-man and we are two weeks later, and the only thing that we watch in our house now is Into the Spider-Verse. And our two-year-old will sit on the couch and watch Into the Spider-Verse from start to finish. Uh, so I don't know how I managed to pull that. but That's uh, pretty that's sweet. What, I know. And I gave her the – they make some juice things that have, like, character head, uh, characters on the top um, where, like, the straw is. And they had a pack that had Miles, Peter – and and spider gwen and she was like oh that's spider woman i'm like you're already smarter than me i don't understand what's going on yeah so we i don't know how that happened i, I feel a little guilty because like i'm trying not to be like creating no. a mini me but no, she you, likes it there is not you have the the thing about children is you have the ability to instill your values and also the things that you like on them and when they don't like them you really know yeah, and so it's a, it's because I I love that about Into the Spider Verse. Parker lied to a babysitter when he was three and said that we let him watch that and we hadn't yet. I mean, it's not that I wouldn't. It's just he's three and it, that I movie at the beginning is a little scary. It is scary. And, I don't know how ours got through it. And he just watched. He's like, and now he's eh, it's just great. I, I I cannot believe I watched Temple of Doom with him though. Like that movie is wild. <laughs> Isn't that I, the movie that that's why PG thirteen exists? It has to be. rated PG. It has to be. It's so violent. It's so racially insensitive. It I it is so bizarre. I I I I just remember watching it and being like Parker, like, like just a movie. None of this is real. It's all silly. <laughs> just uh God. What I, I don't know. I, I am enjoying enjoying the 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 off season though. I in the throes of, of youth basketball, as you know, during the summer, my child is a hysterical gunner. I, he has shot through two games, 16 times. He has made none. I am. He's just a man, you know, it's, he's, 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 he's a, he's a real hooper. Just loves to gun. He's Jaden Hardy. First, first, first G league season. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Well, this has been Kirk and Josh. We're going to be back when we're back. I don't know when that's going to be, but thank you so much for listening. Please head over to MavsMoneyBall.com. We had a number of good posts today, including one that was basically sharing every Mavs podcast we knew of, and there's like at least 15. So if you want to hear other, any anything other than my and Josh's bullshit, you have a full list over there, including some you might not have heard about. Um now we got regular string of articles and things like that. So yeah, if you could uh, d- go ahead and, and give us, um, you know, a like, a subscribe, that sort of thing. It's very helpful to us. You'll go read Mavs Moneyball again. And if you, you know, you ever want to, to shoot us a message, um, you want us to, to answer a question, podmaverickpodcast at gmail.com is our working email address. Uh, I check it at least every couple of days. Um, well, that's about all I got. Anything from you, Josh? Oh, no, I'm good. Let's get out of here, and I can't wait for you to get to Vegas. Have fun in Vegas this week. We don't, we don't get to talk enough. That's right. All right, man. Talk soon. Thanks for hanging out with, every, with us tonight. Bye, guys. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.